Hi everyone, welcome to Beer and Bants. Now this one is a slightly different episode, so my name's Chris, so I'm here as normal. However, James isn't with us this time round. Instead, I've actually got a guest host. Um, yeah, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Kev, you normally find me hiding in the bush when they're recording an episode. <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. He actually does do it. Yeah. Right, so uh, before we go into um, you talking about how we could like met and what you actually do. We'll go straight into the Trident Testing first of all. So okay. the Trident Testing was actually selected by yourself, I do believe. Yep. Uh, and it was from Tiny Rebel and it's called 505. So it's a New England IPA, which is 6.2%. Um, I don't think it actually tells you a, a fact about it, apart from the fact it's like brewed in Newport in Wales. So I think it says on the front it's a Napro. I've just said there's a New England IPA. Oh, I mean... As you can tell, we're going to have the same level of conversation that we normally have when James is here. Right, so um, if you want to have a quick sweet wall, I'll yeah, give a bit of an analogy sure. of the colour. So it is very, very pale in colour. There's a very, it's like a very pale yellow, very, very hazy, quite thick. What you kind of expect from a normal kind of New England IPA. Yeah. So um, on the nose, you can always get that that aroma of the, the fruit. Yeah, it's comes really through. strong, really strong from this one. It, I don't, I'll, I'll, to be honest, I can get the, the pungent kind of fruit flavour, but I can't really... Nothing else is kind of jumping out at me at the moment. So no. on the taste, what do you seem to be picking up? Um. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I'll ask you a question. Take a massive, yeah. a massive sip, yeah. So it's going well. <laughs> um, yeah, so what type of flavours are you picking up on the palate? Um, definitely grapefruit. That's what I'm mainly getting from. Just grapefruit? Just grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm picking up... Um, yeah, there is a grapefruit flavour, but I think there's also like a kind of slight tropical element to it as well. Now, although I can't really smell a lot of like the alcoholic flavour, like, sorry, the alcoholic strength in the nose of it, you do get that alcoholic bite right well, at the, the back end. as well. At yeah. The end, yeah. Um, not a lot of hoppiness to it though, which is quite surprising. There's a subtle, a subtle tinge to it, but nothing that kind of. It's not quite an after bitterness as well. Yeah, there's, it's, you can't really identify what kind of hop is in there. You, should, you know there's one in there, mm. but it's like, mm. which which one? Are, there's no way that I could probably pick up. Probably a, something like this is probably going to be a, a quite a mild citral one without massively overpowering. Probably focusing more on the fruit element, which kind of, it does kind of happen when it comes to New England IPAs. They do kind of like push more of the fruitiness with it nowadays. It made more like mosaic or something like that in there. Yeah. It could be something like that, yeah. But yeah. again, it need none of those actual flavors from the hops are really overpowering. Anyway. No, I think no. it's quite a pleasant. I'd say that was kind of a pleasant summertime drink. Yeah, did you agree? Yeah, could easily drink a few in the sun. Uh, well, I'm sure you already have, from <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, so Tony Rebel. It's available from most places. You can kind of order it online. Yeah, um, you can yeah. get it from a couple of different supermarkets as well. So it's quite an easily accessible one as well. Um, not massively overpriced. So if you haven't tried it, I'd I'd recommend it definitely with a barbecue. Maybe if you've got a couple of other fruity beers on the go as well. So yeah, that works quite well. But yeah, so that's five oh five from Tiny Rebel. Right. So Kev. Yeah. We started talking, ironically, through the podcast, um, mainly through Instagram when we first started um, started up. Yeah, definitely. So you're, you've actually got quite a big following on uh, Instagram. So what actually started you like going onto your page? Like what was uh, what was your joining factor? Because you're called uh, UK Craft Beer and Food. Yeah. Obviously, you do have elements of both, but I would say there's more predominantly more the beer, beer focused yeah. at the moment. So yeah. what kind of got you into it? I suppose um, 
the father-in-law first got me into craft beer. Like, used to be a carling man. Ooh. I know. Every week at the pub, carling. Wouldn't drink anything else. And then he just started saying, just try this, just try this. And I was like, actually, you know, it's not bad, not bad. And uh, it led me on to things. I found breweries like in Sturchley, the Glasshouse, Attic, Birmingham Brewery. And then um, from that, I was just with my mate. I was taking photos of my beer, yeah. taking photos of my food, putting it all on um, putting it all on Instagram and Facebook. And my mate was like, why don't you just make a page? And I was like... <laughs> Alright, that's not a bad idea. First of all, I tried to get UK craft beer. Of course it was taken. So I thought blood and food. <laughs> well, it seems to work. And to be honest, I think that's got, I think so a fair balance. So it is predominantly yeah. beer. But you do I've moved, again, I've moved into a bit more food, I think, just well, to, I think the biggest problem is, especially through lockdown, there weren't anywhere you could really go to kind of like review food and stuff. So no. it, was, it was kind of like sparse and sporadic. So it makes perfect sense that through that point you know, beer kind of become the main focus. But obviously, as things kind of grow and get a bit more back to normal, there might be a bit more of a balance across the two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I've already been Attic twice, Birmingham Brewery twice, I think. <laughs> so like, as soon as they're open, I'm like, the one I haven't hit that I need to get to again is Glasshouse. Yeah, there's, well, they've got released a couple of beers that I'm actually quite interested mm. in trying. Hopefully, we can get them for the podcast as well. So, um, yeah, I think as things get a bit more normal and, and things get a little bit more relaxed, then you know these type of like brewery places can obviously get back into the full flow and give us something different to always try. Yeah, which definitely. Gets you a bit more hungry, doesn't it? Well, see, I think every week as well when you go to the these breweries, the fact they have different street food on. Oh, okay. If so, anything, that that attracts me more. Like, if I look and I go, you know, I haven't had that before, I'll go there for the food as well as the beer then. Well, I think that's one thing. I mean, especially in Sturgeley, it's a, bit, mm. a little bit different because a lot of places, if you go to a tap room, it is just a tap room. Whereas, like, especially like Attic and other breweries like that, they've started incorporating more of the food element to it as yeah. well. So actually, it's more of an event rather than yeah, definitely. just going to, like, bit of a rough pub you know what yeah. I mean? but, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's essentially what tap rooms are I mean there's nothing spectacular about them although it's a tap room because it's attached to the side of the brewery and it makes your beer cheaper so, yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's supply at source isn't it but I think as these different events kind of come on and more people kind of get involved I do think uh, it makes it a bit more what's all the word I'm kind of after it's not really like a big night out because it's not like you can get like dressed to the nines or anything like that but it's, no, it's making it not. it's more than just it's, going it's for more accessible point. like you know you haven't got to just go for your local pub you know you can literally just go there and get absolutely slaughtered if you really want to you can do the Sturchley mile go down all the breweries you've had a good night it hasn't cost you an arm and a leg and I think like you know even a taxi back from there cheap enough so that's that's why it's my go-to place. I'll pick it over town any day. Yeah, so, except for Digbeth. I do like Digbeth. <laughs> yeah. So for anybody who was listening from like further afield, Sturchley is a place that's like kind of South Birmingham. Uh, Digbeth yeah. is more of a up-and-coming place. It's very close to the centre of Birmingham. Yeah, just literally just south of it. But there's they've got a lot of arts, and it's like it, at one point it was a very rough area yeah. and really run down. So what happened then was artists kind of took over that place, created, uh, covered it all um, with like individual graffiti, yeah, art, but, like really stylish like, yeah. mural, murals, and um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's a massive uh, car park there which has been completely done out of anybody who's a Dr. Seuss fan, like Cat in the Hat, all that type of thing. Mm. They've kind of done a take on um, the Cat in the Hat style with like dinosaur skeletons, which sounds really weird, but when you look at it, the, the amount of time it was taken to actually create that type of stuff is just really, really clever and really, really amazing. And I, I'm, I've always quite enjoyed that aspect of it. Mm. But yeah, I haven't actually done the Sturgeon Mall. We have talked about it quite a few times, but mm. I will get through there eventually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Sturgeon Mall is basically, as you've said, like you've got Attic, Birmingham Brew Company, you've got Glass House. Uh, is it Redbeard? Different got, places like that. Yeah, you've, so. got, you've got Redbeard, Cottage Wines, Sturgeon Wines, Wildcats, Cork and Cage, and then the British Oak is like the far end of it then. Yeah, so basically there's a wide array of different things yeah. that people can sample all the way through. Yeah. And there's also going to be some things that you enjoy, some things that you don't yeah. enjoy, but the whole point I mean, you have a beer in each of them, you're slaughtered by the end. <laughs> <laughs> and you're normally slaughtered after three beers. Yeah, probably, yeah. So this should be interesting by the end of this, yeah. to see if you're slowing your words that's or not. That's it, that's it. But yeah, so, I mean, it, it is one of those ones. It is quite a, it's a fun scene to be into, especially uh, locally to us, because there is a lot of people, especially around the kind of Birmingham West Midlands area, the, the craft beer scene has kind of really taken off Definitely. quite a lot. Uh, there's more pop-ups now coming up in like Coventry and things like that as well. And obviously some over in the, like, the black countries with like Green Duck and everything like that as well. Yeah. So Green Duck's on my list. Yeah, so um, overall I think the, it's quite an exciting time to be about. All we need is a bit of freedom really. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Chance to enjoy it. <laughs> well, hopefully if this ever gets, uh, when we actually do get to air this, things will actually be normal, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, so um, you kind of got into it just for a bit of a hobby. Would you kind of say it's a bit of an obsessive hobby now? Or? Do you know, at one point, I found myself glued to my phone. Like, I was literally, you know, checking my posts. I'd be going through, I'd be checking what everyone else is putting on, you know, liking, commenting. Because when you get to that kind of size, if you're not engaging yourself, then because of Instagram's silly algorithms or whatever, they keep changing. You yeah, just so get, you, you get left behind. Well, what happens with the Instagram <laughs> is if you don't make so many posts or you make so many things with the same hashtag or whatever, it kind of like just negates everything you've it, done. It basically so. says you're a bot, <clears throat> even though you're not. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's quite a strange thing, really. But I mean, the way we do things, we don't like to bombard um, like profiles and mm. stuff because we don't make podcasts like on a massively frequent basis every two weeks is an average so when it comes to doing things along like random posts yes we'll do it when there's events so like advent for christmas or something for, like the movember and things like that but as a general rule we tend just to stick to when we upload an episode where you obviously you do it yeah. far more frequently than um what we would normally do uh, yeah I have, I have tried to take more of a step back recently because i was getting too much time Obsessed, into it yeah so from like a post pretty much every day i've gone to probably maybe one a week yeah and that makes sense because at the end of the day although it's a, it is a hobby but it has to be sustainable for what you're doing as well you can't if you've got nothing else to do then yeah by all means like mm-hmm. your boots but you know we're both family men so you know at the end of the day we've got other priorities and there's things that are far more important or, yeah. you know, although we do these, these type of things as a hobby that there's it's a bigger picture thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. So, and obviously, the other page has taken more of my time. Exactly. And we'll yes. talk about so, later. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, that was a nice little segue, which we'll bring up a little bit later. Yep. But yeah, so that was 505 by Tiny Rebel. Um, not overly punchant on the fruit. There were, you could identify what fruit was there, but not a massive smack of it like you would normally 
get with a lot of the more modern uh, New England IPAs. A little bit of hoppiness, uh, but you can definitely taste the alcoholic uh, volume in my Yeah, I think, I think I'll just find it for what strength it is, for what it is, value for money. I think it's cracking beer. Yeah, I'm definitely worth a blast. I think it's 350, 350 a can, something like that for a 440. So that's not too bad. No, that's, cheap, that's cheap for craft beer. You may even be able to get uh, as an offer at some point as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. All right. So yeah, that was the tried and tested. So for the pit fork for this episode is all the way from Three Blind Mice Brewery, uh, which is in Little Downham, which I have no idea where that is. I'm <laughs> not going to even pretend. And it's called Fish Don't Scream. So it's a Citra, Mosaic and Eucanut IPA. Now, neither of us have tried this one. Equinot. Oh, sorry, did I mispronounce? <laughs> I do apologise. Uh, yeah, you can tell you get a bit funny about it, sorry, can't you? Sorry. Right, so, yeah, this has got water, malt, barley malt, oats, hops, you know, the ones I just said, and yeast. Nothing massively complex with it, but it is 7.5% on the old Richter scale. So, yep. uh, now, I know you were very excited to try this one, so I'll let you have a bit of a sip first while okay. I kind of uh, describe the colour to it. Now, this one is... Uh, Probably pretty much just as hazy as the Tiny Rebel 504. So, again, quite a hazy, thick beer. Uh, slightly darker in colour, so a very sort of more golden colour to it as well. Uh, now, your facial expressions... Uh, in- it's I'm nice, s- it's nice. It's- it, is it nice but strong, by any chance? No, it's not strong. It's, not, um, I mean, it is strong, obviously, 7.5%, <laughs> so... Uh, it's It's just a really nice bitterness, that's sort of right, all okay. I can say, really. It's like a... Well, I'm not picking a massive amount up on the no, aroma. No, I didn't get anything is, on the nose, really. Quite surprising, really, considering like the strength and the type of mm. hops we've actually got in here. Yeah. So, yeah, if you have, you have a bit of a talk through with what you kind of picked up with the flavour, yeah. I'll have a go. So I would have thought with the citra and the mosaic, it would have been like pretty, you know, lip-smacking, but I'm always thinking that with the Equinaut, that's, give it, that's overtaken with the bitterness, maybe, and it's coming out more bitter than... Fruity or anything like that. Well, actually, I I I do pick up like the fruity elements. Yeah. Um, kind of like at the very there's a hint of bitterness at the start. I'll get a little bit of fruitiness and then it follows through with the a oh, normal yeah. IPA bitter at the end. Um, That's really nice then. I can't I can't really identify what fruity flavour it is. Um, just a slight citrusy mm. slash tropical flavour to it, but I can't really identify any particular. Fruit flavors. Does that blood, make sense? blood orange, maybe. <clears throat> that's what I might be getting. You know, that's not a bad shape because it's not something I would naturally identify to mm. pick up. So it probably is something along those lines. Kind of would make sense as well with the color of it as well because mm. it's been a little bit darker as well. Maybe it is that fruity element from the hops that's kind of giving it a little bit more complexity. It's not overly complex. It's quite a. It's quite for seven point five. It's it's extremely, it's extremely easy drinkable. to drink. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> quite ve- very dangerous in that respect. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so sim- it's it's complex yet simple all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there is there is multiple layers there, but it's not it's one they want. If you literally wanted to sit there and drink through it, I think uh, that is more than easily sessionable, which is very dangerous if you've only got a toilet upstairs. Because things may end badly for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's not, I don't think there's really much else I can kind of add to um, the description element of it, really. It, it is literally that. So you get the subtle bitterness, yeah. the fruitiness, then a bit more of the IPA bite at the end. It's pleasant. It's clean. 
yeah. element of Christmas to it, really. Um, but yeah, it's very, very easy drinking. I've, I've had so many strong beers like that, and all you can taste is the strength, and it's horrible. And this is just pleasant. Yeah, because normally around these type of things, that's where they kind of go for like the double and the triple hops. Mm. And that's where, for me, as I've said on previous, like many, many occasions, sometimes you can just get too bitter for me. Mm. And I, I, for me, it then stops becoming a pleasant experience. Whereas I'm, I'm actually find that really enjoyable. Yeah, really nice. So, because I, I actually get um, a few of these every so often. Not not necessarily this beer, but from Free Blind Mice. Yeah, I know you've uh, had a few because I've seen the posts obviously come up about the beers. Um, I've, this is the first one I've, I've actually tried from them. Yeah. If I'm honest. Uh, I have which one of those ones I've always planned on getting some in, but just like getting the time when you're trying to like buy other things as well so it's, yeah it's constantly trying to juggle how much beer you've got really i think it? that's the thing and I, I basically just have a an agreement with one of the other beer bloggers and we we do like kind of beer trade he'll send me free beers from his end i'll send him free local beers from this end yeah so just you know you get to try a lot more beer that way yeah it just work out no it's, it's very very pleasant beer so uh if you you are lucky enough to get your hands on one I'd say mm. definitely give that a blast yeah definitely so very very enjoyable right so you have been uh, watching a TV series recently one that I've never even heard of if I'm completely honest uh, do you remember the name <laughs> you know what I kind of forgot it already oh, no. no no of course I haven't Orphan Black yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, nobody's going to pick up like that phone dropping on the uh, table no, no, at all. No one heard that. No one heard that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, to be honest, I've never even heard of it. Um, what's it about? Do you know, I, I always run out of things. Like, if I find a series on Netflix, I'll just absolutely binge it. And then I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to watch now? <laughs> and uh, this came up, I was like, it sounds a bit random. I'll give it a try. And it's just about this woman that finds out that She's basically a, a clone, and she's the original clone or something. They're, she finds different people that basically look like her, and then ends up being like eight different ones. Well, I can't really say much more because I'm, I'm giving it away, really. But well, I mean, you can kind of like. Is there any more to the kind of premise you can say without giving away any like of the twists? I suppose. Um. What is it futuristic? Well, but, is it more modern no, it's, day? It, so it's, mo- it's modern day. It's America. Basically, um, you put it as no no one's to be trusted. Right. It's okay. like you know anyone could be after you. I don't know. Right. But basically, she did. Well, I, I started on the first one. Right. Basically, she she's at a train station. She's more like a more like a goth. Okay. Like, she's got half a head shaved and all stuff like that. So, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of imagining, just from what you've described so far, they kind of go with the uh, social outcast kind yeah, of Yeah, that's point. basically what she yeah. is, yeah. But, she's at the train station. This woman, all dressed nice, you know, suits everything. She just comes to the middle of her, basically in front of her. She takes her shoes off, takes her coat off, folds it nice, yeah, puts it on the ground, puts her bag. And then um, she walks forwards, looks straight at her, and she's basically seeing a mirror image of herself. Yeah. So it, it, well, and then basically you can imagine she walks in front of the train. Yeah. And then uh, she thinks for five seconds, picks up her bag, and then basically what is she takes over her identity. 
Right. And she's a police officer and she's mixed up in this. She'd shot someone and she's going for his cat. It's so complicated, but it's such a good series. I'm proper into it. It's like five series long as well. Oh, okay. So So there's there's plenty plenty to binge through. Is it one of those ones though? I mean, how far have you got into it? Just um, before, probably right? just first series. Okay. I might well just starting the second. Yeah, like that. the biggest question I was actually going to ask then is like, how far have you got? Because halfway through, as it started going like a bit too silly for itself, and well, like Walking Dead. I mean, I've never watched anything like that because <laughs> the whole zombie thing for me. <laughs> I loved it. I just I loved it. I think I watch it for the sake of it now when it comes out because it is just it's got a bit ridiculous now. Bit boring as well, to be honest. I just never got into the whole zombie thing. I mean, it, it kind of got very massive, like with especially like gaming. So mm. uh, there were certain games, especially like Call of Duty and all things like that, where they had um, like zombie modes where you could literally just sit there just shooting things constantly, yeah. more carnage. And then like I think the kind of zombie popularity grew from there as well. Obviously, mm. Resident Evil, similar type of thing. Oh yeah, you know, it's one of those ones where I think it's just. It became very popular in a culture aspect in like kind of late nineties, early two thousands, mm. and it kind of grew from that into different th- formats, so such as films, TV, all that type of thing. But for me, I just never got into it. So I do remember the first <clears throat> first Resident Evil actually like was shitting myself as a kid watching that. Fucking what the film? <laughs> yeah, scared the shit out of me. Honestly, do I think even got me nightmares? Right. Well, I, th- I think the um, the first one was a, a good film I really enjoyed that one mm. second one I think they tried to make it a bit too like yeah, it started games, getting a bit ridiculous then but then from beyond that point um, I think the third one kind of helped bring you back because it was, it was kind of weird because they gave you it was like there was dark shocking moments but in like sunlight mm. because it's basically it's based in the desert so there's it kind of give you it was the way they did it was very very clever but I, I kind of never saw beyond that point because you're like well okay how are you going to take it? Is it going to start getting a bit silly? I looked at the trailers like, you know what, I think I'm happy with just what I've got with the first three. But, yeah. I mean, Resident Evil, I, I can't play the games because they terrify me. So, it's... <laughs> yeah, I think the, I played the first one like, when I was uh, a teenager on the PlayStation I just, 1. I just can't imagine playing the VR version. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> don't play it now. I'm not meant to say that. I can't say where it's like hey, that. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. But uh, like, with the... Um, <laughs> With a VR, I mean, because I've got a VR, um, and I do stick people on, play, on <laughs> Resident Evil just so they can uh, have a bit of feel of what it's like. Because there's a, there was a bit of a mini trailer, so it was only about like three minutes long, but we can kind of give them the immersive uh, feel, but not too much. Oh, it's always funny to see uh, everybody's reaction, like when. When that starts, it's always funny because I've got plenty of videos on the I phone. It, it was just terrifying me too much. I think <laughs> I just don't think I could do it. So essentially, you're a wuss, is what you're trying to say. Yes, definitely. <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that, yeah. Well, you're not really big into your um, like watching your films, uh, but you are quite into your TV series, aren't you? So what I'm a, I'm a binger. Of, well, what kind of obviously you like your, your zombie things and obviously something I'm, different I'm, with the I'm uh, quite a sci-fi person. I suppose right, like okay. like a. Uh, a good one I liked was I think it's called Time Travellers. Time Travellers? I'm sure it's Time Travellers. And no, uh, Netflix, Netflix again. Okay. I mean, basically, if, if it's on Netflix, you'll watch it. Yeah, if it's on Netflix, it. I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's sci-fi, Netflix, I've probably watched it. Because, right, okay. I mean, that one, it was like, um, <clears throat> basically, they they go back in, they're from the future. 
okay. they time travel back in time, but into people that are about to die. So okay. they 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 know when these people were meant to die, where they were meant to die, but basically they take over their bodies just before stop them from dying, but they were going to die anyway. If that makes sense. And <laughs> kind of like a weird invasion of the body snatching. Yeah, basically, but they were going to die anyway. Okay. But then they stopped them from dying. But yeah, anyway, um, so then they're there to stop major events from happening that can destroy the world. Okay. And it's, uh, yeah, that's basically the... Uh, yeah, so, no, that doesn't sound like anything I would ever watch. To no. So, uh, but I am quite a sci-fi geek myself. I mean, I grew up on, yeah, the likes of, like, Star Trek and all that type of stuff, so... Mm. Do like myself some Star Trek. To honest, I mean, I started watching Star Trek Discovery and I thought that was like really, really good. Yes. But then, like, this is the biggest problem I kind of have is we all start watching TV series like myself and my wife, and then she'll go, "Oh, I'm not quite in the mood to that tonight. We'll watch something else instead." And then she never goes back to the, yeah. the TV series again. I'm like, "Well, I still want to watch it." Whereas it's like one of the things if I start watching it, she'll be like, "Well, why aren't you waiting for me?" So that's obvious. So the amount of things I'm like kind of mid limbo of, uh, but I've, I mean the first the first series of Star Trek: The Story I was really really impressive. I thought that especially the start because the first two episodes kind of done like a um, it was kind of like a a feature film for television, really wasn't yeah. it? I mean, I just, it was fantastic. I just think the action in it. I think it's bringing Star Trek into the twenty first century. It's like it's not being so shooting in the twenty fifth. Well, whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's not so much the, you know, I mean, the, you know, the spare guy is still probably going to die. Oh, he's on the away. Yeah. You know, that's just what happens. But that happens in all but, TV series, <laughs> not just like. Well, oh, yeah. But um, I just, I just think you know you see people dying. You, you basically, it's completely different to normal Star Trek, in my opinion. You know, with like you see more gore, more happens, in my opinion. I do like. I still don't wrong. Like I used to religiously with my brother watch. Star Trek Voyager. Oh no! You're not a Voyager fan. No, no, oh. no, no. Remember, I'm older than you, so I remember <laughs> the good ones. So, like, yeah, Star Trek: The Next Generation, the best by far. The original, again, I can give a nod to the time it was at. I enjoyed it. I did These, binge a few of that. Deep Space Nine was one of those ones. That actually, certain episodes used to be really, really good, but then some were like, "This is just terrible." Mm. And then Voyager, I could just never get into. So. I think maybe it was just because I watched it with my brother, I don't know, but we used to... Uh, but I, I don't agree with it. what you were saying, though, because with Netflix and the way they've done like Discovery, it is a lot darker and a lot more... Yes, it's like a lot more they took the safeties off. But it's like, also with the same with... I mean, we spoke about it previously, but Picard for on Amazon. The way in which they... I Amazon. Oh, Otherwise, I'd watch it. Well, to be fair, Picard on Amazon was fantastic, but again, it was so much more brutal than what you would expect. I think that's good, though. A, a Star Trek like program or even a, a movie to kind of like tick the boxes off. So, I mean, personally, I prefer Picard to Discovery, but I enjoyed both. Yeah. But Picard was one of those ones that it was so gripping that I was like, I need to watch the next episode, but because it was the weekly release, I was like, I've got to wait a week. I've got to wait a week. But sometimes that works in your favour because you you build that suspense, don't you? So yeah, it's a problem with me because otherwise I'll just binge the hell out of it. I've watched it all. I'm like, uh. no, I think I think especially with Picard, you needed that tension to build. So watching it all back to back, kind of, I think you'd lose a little bit. Do you well, know what I mean? When I've watched everything on Netflix, 
I'll move on to Amazon. <laughs> cheaper. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, overall, uh, I don't think there's some really good TV series though, especially like the sci-fi ones. The Mandalorian. Uh, honest, I love that. Again, that's one of those ones that me and my wife have started watching, but that we haven't continued any further because she wasn't in the mood to watch it on that night. But oh. I do plan on catching up because I have heard absolutely fantastic things, especially about the one that's... Um, is it the Series 2 finale? And I hear people like like proper getting hyped about that. So I need to catch up. and I will catch up at some point. But yeah, it's just trying to get the time at the moment. So. Yeah, I love it. I saw, I saw I saw something as well that um they're not putting the massive budget into it, and they had to. Okay. They at one point he needed a load of extras of like stormtroopers, and uh he got one of the like fan you know the they have the what do you call them now like the fans that dress up as stormtroopers yeah, yeah, yeah. have their own groups or whatever cosplayers you mean whatever got got a load of them and okay. they were like they were like the extras to kind of fill the back in. In some of the scenes, I think. I think to be honest, though, I think that's where John Favreau, the person who directed it, he's directed like quite a few things. In. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies, especially with Disney. Mm. Um, but I think he's really clever in like utilizing what he's got to hand. Yeah, and I think he's a very underrated director, if I'm completely honest. I mean, he all generally features himself inside his things as well, so gets a bit of extra money. Why wouldn't you? But yeah, I think he's. I think he's a very underrated director, in my personal opinion. I think mm. he's done some really good things. I mean, he directed the first two Iron Man films. He did Mandalorian, which again is like one of the most popular things in the whole of the Star, uh, Star Wars universe as well. So, is, is that Loki one? Is that um, coming on Disney Plus? Yes, yeah, it's, it's already started coming out. So, uh, is that by him? No, that's something no, completely different. Yeah. But yeah, but that will be something that we uh, touch on at some other point anyway. Yeah, exactly. So. That looks class as well. Right. So the. Um, Fish Don't Scream by Three by Mice Brewery. Brewery? I mean, you can tell how strong <laughs> it is. I can't even speak anymore. Yeah, it, very, very pleasant. You know, um, it, it grew on me as I drank more yeah, of it. I think it got less bitter. Well, I think that was also because fruity. we had the New England IPA beforehand. I think that would have made the bitterness yeah. a little bit more because that was very subtle on the yeah, bitterness. Yeah, I think it might have. But yeah, it's very enjoyable and extremely dangerous on that uh, yes. ABV as well. Right, so... The Around the World for this episode is called Missile IPA, and it's from Champion Brewing Company, and it's from Charlottesville in Virginia, the old US of A. <laughs> so, it is 7%. It's an American IPA with firm bitterness and intense citrusy hop aroma made with two-row pale ale malt and heavily dry-hopped for the full experience of an American IPA. Now, so the way that it kind of explains... That style of beer, I'm expecting this to be as hoppy as hell. So, well, yeah, the way it's saying on that, yeah. One that you made me prefer a little bit more than me. So, I'll let you have a bit of a bash first as well. Yeah. So, this is hazy again, but not in the case of the other two. They were much more like thicker, so you couldn't see through them at all. This has got a haze to it, but you can still see through the beer. It's a very golden in colour as well. Oh, we're getting a nod. That's so. nice. That is a really good. American IPA, and I think you'll enjoy that as well. Really? Yeah. You do think it's going to be too bitter for me? Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's uh, it's very golden in colour. Um, I think one of the ones you could easily confuse thinking, oh, it's, it's not it's really pleasant. Fine or whatever, but, um, oh, for 7%, oh. that's ridiculously pleasant. <laughs> oh, is it one of those ones again that's going to be dangerous? Yeah, <laughs> it's really dangerous again. Right, well, you don't pick up much apart from the hoppy aroma on it. Mm, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing not much else. on the nose. No, definitely not on the aroma base. Same so. as the uh, one before, really. 
Yes. Um, um, that's very strange because it's not as hoppy as I expected it to be, if I'm honest. It it's is more, more maybe hops, more malty. Yeah, it's kind it's of more malty. It is more of a case of there's there is a bitterness there, but because the other one we had before had such more of a pungent bitterness. Mm. This is actually tasting a bit more delicate and even I'd say a bit more sessionable. Yeah, it's very, um, it's really nice. It's very, very simple and there's not a lot of complexity to it, but however, it is a very easy drink to mm. drink. If you like a nice American style beer with that little hoppy bite, but nothing's going to completely bash your senses around and yeah. just have a nice, relaxing drink, that's on the money, that is. I'll tell you what, yeah. Proper tasty that one. Yeah, it is very, very enjoyable. Um, it's probably impossible to get over here, but <laughs> I, it'll be one of those ones. I mean, clearly you can get it because I've got it. However, um, how easy it is to get is yeah. a, a different story altogether. But well, no. if you're listening in America, it'll be easier for you. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, missile IPA. That's um, yeah, it's it's very, very pleasant to be honest, and not at all what I was expecting. It's quite so, clear as well. Yeah, it's kind of got. It's, I mean, it's not even as dark as something like a Sam Adams. It is, or a, a Brooklyn Log. It's a it very smells quite close to Samuel Adams, actually. No, I think, the, I think the hops have been slightly different. Right. Um, I mean, I do enjoy this Adams as, a, as I've said many, many times, and same with the Brooklyn Lager. But it's got elements of those to it. But yeah. with, I wouldn't say it's more of an IPA. I'd say that's more of a, like a bitter pale, in my personal opinion. But then again, when it comes to the American style of things, I they, think like, it is, they I like think, to go against convention, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I think, I think it, is, it, is, it is definitely an American IPA, I think. Um, they just do go for the super hoppy ones. I want to do one of these at some point. <laughs> <laughs> love, yeah. Love the hops. No, I'm, uh, it'd be interesting to see what actual hops are in it because it's, it's very, very enjoyable, very pleasant. Mm. Yeah. Definitely, if you can get your hands on a missile IPA, I apologise if it's like non impossible, but <laughs> that is definitely, definitely worth a blast. Right, well, I think you uh, briefly touched on it. So, you said you wanted to brew something. So, in case uh, people haven't pieced it together, you're actually one of the members of Four Chaps Brewery. So, we've had some of your beers on previously. Obviously, yes. when, when, when it was first chaps. started. Yeah. Yeah, three chaps, and then obviously you had somebody else get included, like involved in the brewery. So you know, four chaps, and you know things are going quite well for you. So yeah, tell us a bit about what the brewery is and what you what you're up to and things like that. Yeah, well, um, it started off um, back in God, what was it, 2019? Now, like we we all decided between us, me, the father-in-law, and the other son-in-law that we wanted to have a go at brewing. Yeah. And um, this was February, so it was literally not long before, obviously, the first lockdown happened in March. Yes. Yeah. And um, That was 2020. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, no, that's 2020. Yeah, okay. And um, we'd started to get this grain father, went and got it, everything like that, got it back, started brewing on it. I think we got a, probably two brews in, and then lockdown happened. They couldn't come around and brew, so it ended up being me most of it, dipped in and out. But since we've opened up again recently, we've been really being able to get stuck in, like bringing all the others up to speed, 
And then um, the father-in-law's best friends joined us to make it four chaps. We've now got two grandfathers and uh, we're aiming in the next two months to be putting out 200 litres a month of beer. And at the moment we can't make it fast enough because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's literally, um, we do it on pre-order so we pretty much sold the beer before it's even bottled. And uh, we yeah, just... we, well, we were quite lucky, really, because we managed to get some of your early, ex- more experimental beers. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, we've been quite fortunate that we've enjoyed, like, just working our way through. Uh, obviously, as you kind of experiment, you get you've got your own idea about what type of flavors or what type of profile you you kind of gonna push moving forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it like you seem to now have. In particular, a couple of key beers that you've got yeah, as your mainstream ones. We've got, we've got two that we're we're willing to brew every so often now, and that's our mild. Yeah, mild thing. We had that because that was the first time you changed it from yep. three chaps to four chaps with the old rubber the uh, chalk pen. Yeah, <laughs> we all remember. But the uh, the <laughs> the last mild thing ended up at five percent. Yeah, so and not, we've had that's re- more like a ruby mild than a. We've had very mild. good feedback from that. <laughs> Right, so it's a mild that's no longer mild. Right, yeah, okay. basically, basically. It's it's a modern mild. <laughs> oh, is that the way you spin it? No, not a mistake, a modern mild. <laughs> and um, our Kolsch Lager as well, because yeah. that's, that's gone down a storm. Oh, okay. So we're just going to, we're going to keep that as our lager now. Right, okay. And obviously we're looking at, because we're in our garage, at the, my, my garage at the moment, all legal, I'll add. And, um, We've got a unit that we're fitting out at the moment to yeah, move you, to. Because of the demand, you're looking to yeah, expand to try yeah. and meet the needs, really. So that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, I, suppose, I mean, it's one of those ones, especially if you, if it starts as a hobby and grows, then it's a win-win scenario, isn't it? Because you, you're doing what you enjoy. Yeah. And if you manage to make a, like money out of it, it's even better. I mean, obviously yeah. at the early stage, it's more a case of you don't really make money because all the money does is replenish all the equipment you had to buy, which is... That's Same with every start of business. All really. the profits just going <clears throat> straight back in. Yeah. So, no, you don't, it makes you don't expect sense. to make profit for a, at least the first three years. And we've all, it, we've all got two are retired, other two of us have got full time jobs. So it doesn't matter too much to us about that. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, a wise way to kind of go in. If you're, yeah. if you're going in with the hindsight of we know what we're going to expect. If we make money sooner, it's a bonus. But if we don't make money, then that's fine because we've kind of already allocated that. Yeah. I think that's a wise way to go around it, really, because it's all about the love of the beer. Is that and that's the whole reason why you started in the first place, wasn't it? So, Definitely, yeah. You know, it's all about. It has to be what's right for you, and yeah, you know, So I think that's where people kind of go wrong with some like breweries because you'll see some some breweries will kind of like appear out of nowhere and then just disappear straight away because they've like kind of overclubbed it. Yeah. Not thought about things properly, but how much it's going to cost them to actually do things. Oh, I bought this equipment to be fine. Well, how much is it going to cost me on water? How much is it going to cost me on electricity? Yeah. Those are the things that like kind of people need to well, that's think it. We're, about. So. And we're really, we're really trying to get involved locally as well, because at the end of the day, the shorter distance you have to deliver beer is a bonus for everyone. Well, that's always the thing with um, like when Guinness wasn't it? I mean, they used to like brew it in different places, but. It never tasted as good as it did in Ireland. I mean, now with the transport, mm. they can ship it from like Dublin and stuff. But originally, it was like that's why Guinness was so much better 
because it was close and you had the right stuff. Yeah. You know, like proximity is always something that's been a bit of an issue when it comes to beer. Yeah. It just affects it's like transport can affect anything on it. So with the heat temperatures and all that type of things. So. I think well, by the time <clears> this is this is out, we'll have um, had our beer in our first bottle shop as well. Nice. Called BCM. Okay. And uh, they've got a branch in uh, Worcester and Eversham. Okay. They're taking a good amount of beer off us. Nice. So if that that goes well, that you know that'd be nice as well. <laughs> Well, no reason to expand. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, if you do, if as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, you know, everybody's actually. I mean, we've been advocates of yours like ever since you pretty much started. To be honest, um, there's quite a few regulars. I'd say you've got now. We're always banging on about yes. your beers. I mean, half the time we can't even go looking at buying any because they've already beat us to it. So, it's, you know, well, it's it's one of those things where actually it's a good place to be. So, if you know that brings enjoyment to more and more people yeah. it's a win-win for everybody really so well, we have a lot of people that literally just say put um i've got one person who says uh he has seven beers each time and he just says put me down for seven seven Every of each time. one like each one yeah I mean, or we've got multiple people that they'll have the same amount every beer and once you start transferring them over each time, you've got no beer left by the time you put them on there. <laughs> yeah, you put all this work in to actually get some beer, so, and then you have a good chance to treat yourself. So, do you know that's how it turns out? We ended up we ended up trying the dregs, and then um, <laughs> <laughs> we end up trying the dregs, and then everyone else gets the bottles, basically. Yeah, you definitely need to expand. If you can't even drink your own beer, I mean that, that that's a sorry state of affairs. Of I know, but there, we, so. we, we, we take we sample it to make sure it's okay. Yeah, but other than that. That's about Not it. Not really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good place to be, so hopefully everything works out quite nicely for you and we're all rooting for you, so... Yeah, hope so. things go well. Definitely. Right, so the uh, Around the World for this episode was Missile IPA, so I say it was from Champion Brewing Company in Virginia. Now, moving on to the wild card. Now... We had three kind of very similar beers, so I wanted to throw something that was going to be a complete curveball and completely different. We can't have it if it's all nice, can we? You know what I mean? Well, so it wouldn't be the true beer and bands way. So no. this one is from Drygate Brewing Company, and it's called Tone Burst, which is a rhubarb Berliner Weiss. Well, we have had a Berliner Weiss before. Um, yeah. I don't know if I enjoyed that one, but as a general rule, I'm not a massive Are these the ones that do that mango one as well? Yeah, these are the ones that do uh, Disco Fortress Truck, which oh, is the Mango one. Pale Ale. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's stunning beer. And I kind yeah. of wanted to see what yeah. their version of a Berliner voice is. So, I mean, as you're the guest, it means you're always the guinea pig. So, you yeah. crack on while I kind of have a... I, mean, I don't really normally drink this style. Look. Yeah, so Berliner voice is, if anybody doesn't know, it's a sour beer. I was going to say, it's it's generally, I can smell the sour. Well, it's generally in... <laughs> lower alcohol content to what we kind of a sell you get modern day from craft brewery places most kind of sellers tend to be between the like between the four and six percent oh, it's nice really yeah oh i'm surprised at that i quite enjoy that well the building of voices are average around the kind of three percent mark so they're for a, a low bit percent more beer well i think that's what they kind of go for they go for less alcohol content so it's not as sharp mm. but you can still kind of get that sour flavour so if you do enjoy like a sour palate it's subtle it kind of works a little bit better so 
with the colour again. It's quite similar to the last two uh, beers. Uh, hazy, yeah, bit, bit cloudier but, than the last one, but but uh, yeah. again golden in the yeah. colour. So, yeah. do you pick any, much up on the aroma at all? Or? I could smell the sour straight away yeah, on the aroma, but I could pick up the sourness to it. Can't pick up any of the rhubarb though. Can you taste the rhubarb though? When you like really, because I. I can't, we've only had the normal Billing of Voice, which is very much no, like no, you can, kind of, you can. It was like a bit more of a lemon flavour. Yeah, no, you can get the rhubarb in the taste. Yeah, so, yeah, the last Billing of Voice was very lemony, but very citrusy. A, a really delicate, really nice, really enjoyable. So I'm going to have a quick swig. So, yeah. Is there anything else you can kind of pick up with a beer? Not really with this one, though. It's like... <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, you can't get that aftertaste of the rhubarb, so... To be honest, although it's a rhubarb balloon of ice, it it is just a rhubarb beer. I think yeah. rhubarb is a naturally sharp fruit anyway. You kind of get that sharpness that you would expect from that kind of beer anyway, but then it follows through with a very delicate rhubarb flavour. Oh, I think rhubarb is actually a very underrated fruit. I, I think the actual flavour of rhubarb is very nice. Yeah. It just doesn't really get utilised a lot. I think it's one of the ones that kind of... Anybody that kind of grew up pre nineties. So about the rhubarb crumble. Like rhubarb, yeah, rhubarb crumble. I mean, I had rhubarb growing in my back garden. Apple and rhubarb. I think that's yeah. what Mum used to do. I mean, to be honest, what we used to do was just literally get a stick of rhubarb, get a bowl full of sugar, stick the end in, and eat it like a lollipop, like kind of thing. But I suppose they did in your day. I mean. I am old and you know, I'm also from a poorer <laughs> background, but it's okay. Um, we can't all sit there like you know, pl- playing polo on horses and croquet, drinking champagne. Yeah, not to let you drink champagne with that accent. Um, Whoa! <laughs> for anybody who is listening, I do apologise about uh, the Birmingham accent. It's called uh, caring the community and making sure that everybody's included. I always get told I've got a posh accent. You know, you wait till you listen to this back and then you'll understand. Um, <laughs> Oh, my wife's got a posh accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's, more, that's more like it, yeah. Um, but no, so, I, 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 for me, I think rhubarb is nowadays a very underutilised fruit. And I think that's actually been utilised really, really well. Um, yeah. Surprisingly so. Because yeah. I, I genuinely thought that that was going to be something I absolutely detested, especially you, because I know you're not a massive yeah, self. I don't asshole. normally do stars now. But no, I, I think that's a really, really pleasant delicate but there's enough there to keep you interested yeah. throughout I think sours are growing on me these days it's all my, my drink of, well my wife drinks everything I don't drink right okay so she'll drink stouts she'll drink sours wheat beers I do drink the odd wheat beer but like um, I do try them and sometimes I'm like actually that's pretty good <laughs> fair enough no I, I you get more the more you drink it the more that fruity taste you kind of pick up at the end as well which is uh, yeah, it's a lot more pleasant than I thought it was going to be uh, right now this comes the uh, difficult part so I don't think we're going to have a the same order right um, but I will say straight from the off I, all four of these beers have actually been really really enjoyable I completely agree so it's all been a pleasure well being a guest of course, you have to go first. So do I start from four or first? yeah? So you start from four, okay. work your way all the way to the top. So what do you think was your least favourite? What was your most popular? Uh, um, why if you can? So I think 
I think probably I mean, we four. are on a time limit. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, we're, we're, we're on a time limit. I know. <laughs> you know, I'm probably gonna go. Ooh. Do you know it's all it's all turned out. I feel I'm gonna go. Fish don't scream at the bottom, you know. Ooh, right, okay. Because I didn't get I didn't get loads from it. Okay, I understand. But I enjoyed that. it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. All four of those beers, I would happily buy yeah. again, no matter how much they cost. Yeah. I would happily buy all four. Yeah, of those. definitely. So it's, it's such a close competition. But it's one of those there. ones where you have to, you kind of have to put the order whatever you enjoyed. Yeah. So, and then third, I'd probably go Tiny Rebel Five Hundred Five. Okay, it's a you know it's a, it's a decent cheap beer. You know, just have a few in a, on a sunny day. And then do you know, second's going to be missile. Do you know, I know I was completely throwing wow. you out, haven't I? Yeah, throwing definitely. You missile again, such a pleasant beer. I'd definitely buy that one again if I could, if I can find it anywhere in the UK. I'll keep an eye out for it. Don't worry. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's got to be a, uh, it's got to be the Berliner for a uh, tone burst from yeah. Drygate. Tone burst for a uh, number one because it's just, I think the sour's just growing on me. It's just so, it's just pleasant, just it, easy it, it going. Is, it's, it's a really lovely flavour. It's one of those ones. It's very deceiving because it, you with the flavour, you expect to be so much stronger alcoholically, but it's just not. Yeah, it's, I think, yeah, for the percentage and the flavour you're getting from it, I think that's Yeah, it's it. crazy, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, right, so, my fourth place is actually surprising enough, despite the fact I absolutely love New England IPAs, is Tiny Rebel 505. <sighs> so, again, cracking beer, mm. but in comparison with the others... I know, tough competition just, it, today. It, it, yeah, it really is. Uh, it just didn't quite have the notes I kind of pick, look for in a New mm. England one. Everyone's different, you know, so, but I mean, it's really enjoyable though, so definitely give it a try if you haven't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in third place, I'm going to go Fish Don't Scream. Okay, yeah. Enjoyable again. Um, did not taste 7.5%. Very deadly, but very, very enjoyable. In second place, I'm going to go Tone Burst. Oh, okay, okay. Um, very enjoyable again with that fruitiness and just the balance of flavour for me just works absolutely perfectly yeah. Um, and yeah that missile IPA I could smash those all day long yeah. but can't again, argue with you there it's, it's trying to find them isn't it so yeah, I, think, I think there's, I think we both grouped them into type the two lots of the the first two beers and the last two beers were kind of grouped in no, the yeah, individual right, sections. Right, we just yeah. kind of went for the opposite tones for whatever we picked up. I mean, on. coming here, I didn't think I was going to put a sour first. Uh, so. I, I was, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'd bet my house on you yeah. not picking that sour <laughs> first. So I would have lost very, yeah. very badly. Uh, right, yeah, so thank you very much, Kev, for filling in for James. It's been um, a pleasure. He's useless yeah. anyway. <laughs> is, that, is that your one time to try and get a, a bit of a joy but him? Gonna get something in. Gonna get something in. I'm sure he'll get me back. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he will. <laughs> uh, yeah, but thank you very much for uh, coming and spending time with us today. Uh, yeah, the beers really, really enjoyable. If you get the opportunity, definitely give them a blast. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for listening, and normal service should be resumed shortly. Thank you very much. <laughs>